Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Bless God. Psalm 47, if you have a Bible. I feel like God's going to do something great in our midst today. And I really do believe God's got a word for us this morning. Psalm chapter 47 says this. It says, O clap your hands, all your peoples. Shout unto God. Do we have any peoples in the house? Peoples, good. Uh, Shout unto God with a voice of triumph for the Lord is King. Sorry, the Lord Most High is awesome. I was just thinking about that. Gee, we use that word freely, don't we? Oh man, that that that's an awesome chocolate bar. Uh, that that man, man, that guy's shoes—they are—they are awesome. Do you know, awesome means to be in awe of something. I, I think we've thrown that word around. That when we actually read it, we lose the meaning, and it just becomes a casual word. God, uh, when we see Him, when we're in His presence, there is an awestruck uh, thing that comes on uh, somebody that's in the presence of God. I mean, when Paul met Jesus and saw Him for the first time, he couldn't speak. He could—I mean, he couldn't even see. Because such was the encounter with God. There's something awesome about our God, truly. And it goes on to say, He will subdue peoples under us and nations under our feet. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, who he loves, Selah. That means just pause and think about that. Well, that's what, that we're going to do that. And, and it goes on to say this, and I love this, verse 5. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. I love that. And I want to I want to just sort of camp there in just a minute. It goes on, sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is king of all the earth, sing praises with understanding. Then first Thessalonians, we can jump there this morning and and verse number four, it says. Sorry, in, in chapter four and verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. I would love to take time today and preach about the coming of the Lord and to preach about the rapture of the church, but it's not... What I, what, what I feel like God's leading us to share about this morning. I want to have a look at how these two verses for just one minute, they seem to go together because the Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says that God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the trumpet. What that actually means here is that in the Old Testament, before the Holy Spirit was given to the church, uh, people that followed God didn't just have instant access to all that the Spirit of God brings. He wasn't manifest or, or, or as even uh, the book of Luke says, or the book of John, I should say, uh, the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Though the Holy Spirit was God and is God and is still with us and, and has always been, He wasn't yet manifested to, 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 the, to, to the dispensation where believers could have access to everything the Spirit of God brings into our world. And so this Scripture tells us God has got up with a shout. What it really is meaning is that the Old Testament believers would see the Holy Spirit coming upon uh, one of the great men of faith or women of faith for a certain moment. We know that Gideon, the Bible in one translation says, possessed by the Holy Spirit, taken a hold of by the Spirit, did what God had called him to do, but then the Holy Spirit was not yet, was no longer upon him in that moment, though the Holy Spirit was still uh, God and still around. He wasn't 
there in that moment, the Holy Spirit would come upon people and then, and then leave them after the work had taken place. How many are glad that He came upon the church and He's abided with us ever since? He's abode with us. I don't know the grammar on that. Uh, Google it. So He says this. He says, God has gone up with a shout. And then the Bible tells us when Jesus returns, when He comes back, the Bible says the Lord Himself is going to descend with a shout from heaven. Now, it's interesting to me that in the book of, uh, so, so all through the Bible, the Bible will tell us in different ways, but it, it tells us that uh, God inhabits the praises of His people. And, and so we believe that. We believe God inhabits the praise of His people. It's interesting to me that if God inhabits our praise, here we see that He moves on our shout. Now, I'm not, this is not a message to try and stir up a, a, a hypey response, but, but, but more to show a, 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 a theology and a biblical argument for the importance of us being a people who at the time that God leads us can lead us into a place where when we have to pray with fervency, we pray with fervency. When, we, when, when, when things aren't going the way they should, we still know how to exalt and magnify our God. The Bible doesn't say that the relaxed prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. However, I, I don't believe that a quiet prayer is a powerless prayer. I believe there's power in any kind of prayer, but God does say there uh, that there, there, there is an argument in Scripture that we should be people that know how to pray fervently. What does that mean? The word fervently means with energy and, and, and with a loud voice. There, there are some times we've got to come before God and, and exercise dominion and faith and believe that when we pray, there are things that are moving in the heavenly realm. Because there, there is a, an earthly dimension and there is a, a heavenly dimension and there's a spirit world where demonic things take place. And, and there are times where as the, as the, as the household of faith, uh, we need to be a people that know how to shout unto God with a voice of victory, with a voice of praise. I, I heard a story uh, a little while ago about a three-year-old that went shopping with his mum and he's in the trolley and, and as, as his mum's walking in, to the shops, the mum says to him, do not ask for chocolate chip cookies. I'm not buying any. It's not going to happen. And so he said, he's, he said, fine, whatever. And so they're walking down the aisle and then mum takes him down the aisle where there's, where there's cookies, chocolate chip cookies. And so this kid goes, mum, uh, can I please have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you not to ask me that, son. Uh, not today. We're not getting any chocolate chip cookies. And, and so he says, mum, can I please have... I want, he wouldn't have said please, three. Give me chocolate chip cookies. And, and uh, so obviously this kid was a Christian kid and been to church a few times. And so his mum wasn't going to have it. So he just stands up in his trolley and says, Mum, in the name of Jesus, give me chocolate chip cookies. Everyone standing around begin to laugh and applaud. 23 bags of cookies later, Bought by everybody around. They just began to buy him cookies. And so that mum who said no cookies, he left with 23 packets of chocolate chip cookies. Don't tell me that there isn't power in your shout. <laughs> I organise religion. The sign that we're getting religious is when we lose our shouts of joy and victory. It's a sign. It's not Bartimaeus. Couldn't see. Jesus walks past. What does he do? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What did religion do? 
Bartimaeus, be quiet. That's what, the, that's what the enemy wants to do to us. He wants us to think it's uncool to be passionate. He wants us to think, oh, that's just a personality type. Let me tell you, Bartimaeus had nothing to lose. And he shouted in Jericho, the same city we're shouting, it also brought some miracles. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but he's shouting, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and, and what happens? Jesus stops. Son, your faith has made you whole. You know, if you, if, you, if you look at the scripture, there's another man born blind. What do the Pharisees do? What does religion do? Oh, well, was that because of his mother's sin? Who sinned? His parents or? Can, can, I, can I tell you today that religion wants to, wants to shut down your belief? You know, there was a man who had a big church in Europe, influential, and I'm not going to go into who he was or, or any of that, but he decided that he, he wanted to regulate, he wanted to regulate uh, the church's outward emotion. He didn't want the church to be outwardly emotional. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to teach that we should live in emotionalism at all. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But there are times where when God does something on the inside of your heart, occasionally your face does get notification. And you, you know, you tell, you tell me somebody who gets gloriously born again, they're, whoa, Jesus. You know. So, so in, the, in, 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 this, in this European city, he bans all outward emotion. He bans musical instruments, bans dancing. He banned all outward expressions of joy. See? He banned bright clothing. And one man was fined for smiling during his child's baptism. I was in Finland. and I, You know me, I'm not critical of anything, but I was in Finland and I, there's this church that's carved out of a rock. It's beautiful. So I, I, they said, you've got to see this church. I don't know what it's called, but I think it's called Church of the Rock or something, which is a good name, makes sense. So I go to Church Church of the Rock and, uh, and go and have a look at this wonder of architecture. And, it, and it, it's beautiful. It, it was really something. And, but as I walk in, there's a sign as you walk onto the property. And this is what it says. It says, silence, church. <laughs> silence, church. I was like, mm-hmm. Not my church. <laughs> Mine's like, <clears throat> be noisy, church. The Bible says shout for joy. The Bible, I don't know about you, but I, I can't do church quiet. I, I, when, when you walk into church and you're aware that the God of heaven and earth has acted on your behalf, sent His Son, that you might have life. And, and the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And then you read is the same yesterday, today and forever. And He'll baptise you with the Holy Ghost and power. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I can't respond with, Donna invited me to this thing once to preach. And, and it, was, it was, I think I was the only Pentecostal other than Donna. But even in those days, we weren't sure. So I go to this thing. And do you know what struck me? I go into the foyer. Everyone's friendly. Like, hey, how you going? Hugging each other, shaking each other's head. Everyone was like, oh, it's just wonderful. Praise the Lord. Da, da, da. We got into church. It was like... The entire congregation had been baptised in vinegar and lost their best friend. They, they walked in. I was like, you interact with your friends with joy, but your interaction with God is... Can I, can I tell you, I walk in here, I feel like, man, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the room with my best friend, the Holy Spirit. I, I'm with my Saviour. I'm with my Heavenly Father. I, I'm rejoicing. I... You, you can't shut me up in church. The Bible says if I don't praise Him, the rocks and stones will praise Him. You know cassette tapes, how they get that 
those things that make noises with crushed up rocks and stones. I mean, if we don't praise him, none of us have tapes now. If I showed my kid, he wouldn't even know what it is. Sam would try to eat it. Uh, <laughs> silence. Church. I, I don't believe that church should be a quiet place. I don't believe heaven's going to be a quiet place. The Bible says they're going, that the angels are going to be flying around, the cherubim and the seraphim. All of them. The beasts and the elders. They're talking about beasts. They're talking about Joel Pittman. And <laughs> the beasts and the elders. So for, they get, they're going to get to heaven. They're going to be shouting, holy, holy, holy is, all, is the Lord. They're going to be magnifying God. The Bible says fire comes out of the throne. I, I don't even know. It's just going to be wild. I don't even, heaven's going to be wild. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited about heaven. I don't plan to go too soon, but when I get there, I can't, I can't wait to walk those streets of gold and celebrate Jesus. Just say, I, see, see, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to preach a, a hype up the crowd message. I think our church are a responsive church, but I really do believe that the enemy doesn't want a church that know how to touch heaven in the form of the shout of victory and the shout of triumph. The word shout means to split the ears and to sound an alarm. And the word triumph really is, is, is a funny because I always just accepted that the word triumph was just another word for victory. Triumph is actually what we do when we've had victory. Does that, does that make sense? Triumph, uh, victory is kicking the winning goal. Triumph is holding up the cup. It's, does, does that make sense? So when David took out Goliath with the rock, that, that was the victory. When he <laughs> held his head up and put it next to his Nintendo, that was triumph. <laughs> You go into his pool room, there's a bear's head, there's a lion's head, and there's Goliath's head. <laughs> but there are, there are shouts that I believe as Christians we can't lose in the church, in our own life. And, and I want to give you three shouts that need to come out of the mouth of the people of God that have an impact and, and that will touch hearts and lives. Number one, and if you're writing this down, it's, I'm pretty excited to share this because I've, I've read this passage a million times. I've heard it in Sunday school. I've never really preached from it. Number one, it's, it's the shout of victory. The shout of victory. Joshua chapter six. I love this. Talking about Jericho. Bartimaeus received a miracle in Jericho as well. It says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. No one went out. No one came in. I really believe with all of my heart that the city of Adelaide is shut up in terms of knowing Jesus Christ, the gospel touching hearts all over our city. There's 1.4 million. There's probably under 100,000 sitting in church right now. I pray that we make a dent in that. I, I pray that we can win souls. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. And, and so, and so but, the, but the reality is, I think political correctness, I, I, think, I think sin, I think man's lack of need for God and all of those things have, have in many ways caused us to, to be, closed, be a city that's closed. Jericho was closed and God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 6 and he, and he says to this, he says, See, I've given Jericho into your hand, verse 2. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go, you shall go around the city once. This shall you do six days and the seven priests will bear seven trumpets of ram's horns and before the ark. But on the seventh day, you'll march around the city seven times and the priests 
shall blow the trumpets, it shall come to pass. When they make a long blast through the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat and people shall go up every man straight before him. Joshua rose, verse 12, early in the morning and the priests took the ark of the Lord and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets uh, of ram's horns before the ark went on continually and blew the trumpets and our men went before him. And it goes on to say, in verse 16, the Bible says, in the seventh time it happened, when the, ple- when the priests blew trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the people shouted when the priests blew trumpets. It happened when people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went to the city straight before them. They took the city. Uh, there is something powerful that takes place when God calls the people to shout unto God. And this shout was a, a shout of victory, but it's interesting the timing of the shout. They didn't shout after the victory happened. This wasn't a shout of triumph. This was a shout that brought victory. And you know, some of us, if, if maybe our, we, we had a family member that got saved today, or maybe if that miracle we're believing God for took place and we received the full manifestation of it, maybe we would shout. Maybe we would go, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, all of those things. But, but, but the victory and, and the, the, the powerful uh, principle here is they didn't shout when the walls came down. The walls came down because they shouted. The walls came down because they, they had faith to believe that there was power in them lifting their voice before God. Don't underestimate the power of what we do for the first 25 minutes of church when we shout the praises of God. When we declare victory, there is power in a people that know how to touch God with a shout of victory. I, I'm ashamed of some things. I, I, I'm, 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 I might be embarrassed of some things in my life, whatever, I don't know. But I'm not embarrassed to shout unto God. I, I'm not embarrassed to lift up my hands and magnify His name. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to tell you, man, I'm in love with Jesus. And I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> Went very quiet there for a second. You know, faith. Faith puts no limitations on God and God puts no limitations on faith. Faith puts no limitations on God and God puts no limitations on faith. Faith, there is something about a church that know how to rejoice even before We've received that, what we're, that, that which we're asking God for. That's where faith goes. It's a shout of victory. At the end of our message today, I say ours, both of us. Uh, at the end of this message today, we're going to pray. We're going to believe God for some things. And at the end, we're going to give God a shout of praise. It doesn't have to be long, but we're just going to... Some of you, it's been so long. If you shout praise, you might cough, cough up a furball, you know. <laughs> Number two. It's a shout called the shout of agreement. Shout of agreement. What I'm about to tell you, you may have heard me share before, but maybe a lot of you haven't heard this. And, and, and you come to Life Point Church and visit and you go, man, they're, they're a chirpy bunch. You know, we get, we get people coming. They, they've come from maybe a more conservative church. I love every, every part of anything in Adelaide that's lifting up the name of Jesus. If you're lifting up Jesus, we're, we're your friends, you know. But we're just a, we're a rowdy bunch here sometimes, you know. And, and, and so, and, but, but some people go, why? Is it just a, is it a hypey thing? Can, can I say, uh, I, I like a, a church that's responsive uh, to the word that's, that's vocal in their, in their praise and their worship, not because 
it satisfies it in, in insecurity in, in my, my, my heart. Uh, the reason that, that I believe it's so important for us to be a church or a, a people that, that, that are responsive and, and know the, the, the power of a shout of agreement. I want to show you why. In the book of Nehemiah, he wasn't very tall, he, Nehemiah, he, in chapter 8 and verse 5, it says this about Ezra. Ezra's preaching. So he stands up in the, in the city square and gets up and the Bible says Ezra was up on a high platform where he could be seen by everyone. The Bible says when he opened the book, now I, I used to preach this and I'd close it and open it and everyone would stand up and shout and I'm not trying to do that today because I've done it already. But, but the Bible says Ezra would open the book and when he opened the book, people would stand on their, on their feet and start, ah! they were just so excited. They didn't have their own Bible. They didn't have access, probably most of them couldn't even read. But Ezra would stand up, just, just by opening the Word of God, the people would stand up and praise the name of God. And it goes on to say, he opened the book, they all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord God and the people shouted, Amen! Amen! Then they bowed with their faces to the ground and they worshipped the Lord. This word, Amen, what does Amen mean? What does Amen mean? Some people think it means the end. Dear Lord, bless this food, bless it to our bodies, bless the hands that prepared it. I bind the calories in Jesus' name. The end. It's not, it's not the close of the prayer. We don't, we don't get up here on a Sunday and say, oh God, I thank you for the power of heaven. Lord, minister to your people in Jesus' name. The end. It's, it's not the end. Amen doesn't mean the end. Amen comes from the Hebrew word, amen. Which when I studied it means amen. Which, which I felt was a great revelation. But it all, the word amen means this. Truth, so be it, let it be done. Now, let me, let me explain something to you. When, when, when we read this word, amen, it, do, it doesn't mean, so, sorry, when we hear the word, sorry, not amen, verily, Jesus would say, verily, verily. I say to you, I used to think as a kid, who's verily? Jesus has a friend called verily. Verily, verily, I say to you, verily wasn't a person. Verily is just another word for amen. Jesus would say, amen, amen. I say to you, truth, truth. Let it be done, let it be done, I say to you. There is power in this word, amen. So when as a church and as a pastor, we teach about uh, having an atmosphere of amen in our church, it's not so we can just be a buoyant, charismatic church. We're an amen church. The reason we preach this is for a few reasons. Number one, every Sunday, somebody's gonna get up here after worship and say, hey, there may be sick people here or broken people and you need a miracle. We're gonna pray. And maybe sometimes it's on a prayer request and I might say, or someone might say, hey, somebody's written this down. It's an expression of their faith. Let's stretch our hands in agreement and pray. And someone will be up here saying, Father, your word says that you are the God that heals all diseases. And some Somebody in the church is going to stand back there and when they say amen, you're not helping them. You're actually encouraging them saying, hey, we're in agreement too. And you know, sometimes we need, we, there, there, there is power in releasing that. Now, let me get a little bit deeper for a minute. You might say, Dave, this is a bit hyper faith. That's okay. If that's what, if, if, if people want to label us hyper faith, hyper grace, hyper, we'll take hyper everything. Uh, because I'm, I'm hyper saved. I'm going to hyper heaven for hyper eternity with hyper father, hyper son, hyper Holy Ghost. So here, here's the thing. Glory to God. You know, when we say amen during, during, during the word or just saying let it be done. 
So if somebody gets up here, let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a little, a little for instance. If somebody gets up here and, and, and they quote Deuteronomy 28, 13, they say, you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're sitting there. Let it be done. Amen. We respond to the word. I'm looking over, over on the right-hand side and there's a few people and you're sitting there like this. You're just going like this. What's happening? There's just a, a few little covert let it be done's. Mm-hmm. Amen. But every now and then somebody says something that just touches your spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Stirring faith, but it releases something. Somebody says, hey, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He can heal. He can deliver. Amen. Now, there's a lady in our church over in Modbury. Her husband was sent home two months ago to die. 100% blockage in one artery, 90% in the other. He's 88. He can't be operated on. He won't die. I go with my dad to pray for him on Tuesday. And dad walks in and says, now, Bill, now we've got a problem. Without a miracle, you're not going to be around long and we need a miracle, Bill. So he says, let's pray. So dad lays hands on him. Faith comes into his heart. What are we doing? We're, Amen. Believe in God. Yeah, he's 88, but that's not how God has to take someone home. He doesn't need to put disease on him to get him home. David said, you take my breath out of my lungs. That's a good way to go home. That's how I want to go home. Just one day sleep under the power of God or during a sermon. Better be careful what I say. <laughs> but that is a good way to go. Just wind people up. People talk about that for a few weeks. At a real poignant point. You know, I've got a big announcement to make. <laughs> Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs. Amen. What does it mean? So be it. Let it be done. Some of you in lack. And somebody gets up here and receives an offering and stirs faith. And some people manifest during the offering. They're taking up the offering. Why do they have to teach around the offering? Because if you get an amen in your spirit, something being said can activate faith to believe God for his provision and his blessing in your life. We don't, I'm trying to explain why as charismatics do we yell amen? Why as, as Pentecostals do we yell amen and respond to the word of God? Why we go, amen? It's not because we, it's just part of our hypey vibe. It's actually because we want to unlock what God might be saying into our lives and receive it by faith. Let me, I've seen preachers preach here, you know. We've had guest speakers here. I've seen them preach here. And, and they preach, I mean, they preach the roof off the place. I mean, the wall, paint's peeling off the wall. I mean, they bring in chandeliers just so people can swing. And so they're, they're preaching. And you know, so I, then I go to a conference a few months later and I'm with the same preacher hearing the same sermon. And I'm going, man, what happened? You used to be able to preach. And do you know what I've realised? There's something in the atmosphere of this church that draws something from the preacher, places this faith. And, and, and I really do believe with all of my heart that as a church going forward, I want to I make sure we don't lose our shout of agreement uh, when somebody's up here. Yeah, I mean, every now and then, if you have to, just bust out a hallelujah. If you have to, bust out a glory to God. If you have to, shout amen. No one's going to get mad at anyone shouting here. I mean, it does. why? Because there is something, the Bible says, uh, shouts of joy and victory are in the tent of the righteous. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't want our church to lose its voice. I mean, if we can't shout here, how are we going to shout to the world that Jesus is alive? If we can't shout in here, how are we going to shout to a generation that's lost, that they need Christ and His redeeming flow from heaven in the name of Jesus? I, I pray, I pray that we wouldn't ever get religious and careful. I pray we'd get a little bit wild every now and then. Amen. Glory to God. Shout of the King is among us, the Bible says. Something about the shout of God. I, I believe the shout of agreement unlocks 
It turns what's being preached into a word for you. Number three is a shout called the shout of joy and praise. Psalm 98, let's turn there. It wasn't in my notes, but I was just reading it this morning. It says this, oh, verse one, sing to the Lord a new song. In the original Greek, that means a hill song. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness in the house of Israel and to the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord. All the earth, break forth into song. Rejoice and sing praises. Sing to the Lord with a harp. It's a guitar. With a harp and the sound of the psalm with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before God, the King. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. And the world knows who dwell in it. Let rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For He is coming to judge the earth with righteousness and He shall judge the world and all peoples with equity. If you jump over, you don't need to, but Psalm 100, make a joyful noise. Or make a joyful shout, it says. All your land, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It's He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Ezra, I want to read you one more scripture. I can't, I can't skip this one and I'll, I'll finish. But it says this, he says in verse 11 of Ezra 3, I love Ezra. Ezra the great prophet and judge. Oh, I love him. He just wound people up. He, he had a bit of fire in his spirit. He said, and they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks. Sometimes I feel like in our church, by the way, in our nine o'clock, I mean, we had a revival. We've just, God's been moving all day. Do we sing responsively anymore? Do we actually sing, hey, I'm singing the song of the redeemed. I'm still so grateful I was lost. Now, do you remember before you were born again? Some of you were meaner than, mean, afraid of no one. Man with a can, more teen. He says this, praising, giving thanks to the Lord. For he, he, he is good, his mercy endures. Towards Israel, verse 11 continued. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house was laid. They're building the new building. The church is getting stirred up. It says, but many of the priests and Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice. They were weeping with rejoicing. When the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes, yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of people. For people shouted with a loud shout, and the shout was heard afar off that amazing? It was undiscernible noise. Sometimes I think there's undiscernible silence. It's quiet in here. What's wrong? What's happened? I remember preaching one church and I said something and I thought it was profound. They're all very quiet. I said, are you with me this morning? Do you believe it? And some old lady goes, we're listening. <laughs> I'm not the right guy to say that to. I was like, well, then respond. 
I don't want you to listen. I want you to grab a hold of the Word of God. Let it come alive in your spirit. But shouts of joy and victory. Can I say, I, gotta, I just can't get it out of my head. Up the street, we started singing, there is power, power, wonder work. I just sang it for fun. And, 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 and I'm watching these people, there's people dancing. I don't think they've danced in, since 1975. Well, if they have, they, they haven't updated their style. But, but they're praising Jesus with joy. And church, can I say, we don't have to just... Some people, I've been to church where, where, where the ushers are grumpy, the pastor's grumpy, the parishioners are grumpy, even God's getting grumpy. It, it, everyone's just grumpy, miserable. They come to church and they walk in, and, 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 and it's almost like they're trying to fulfill the scripture He who endures to the end shall be saved. And, and I don't believe that we should come in here to just endure some religious kind of observation about a God who was. I tell you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us today. And I don't know about you, but when's the last time you stopped and you threw your hands up and said, hey, I praise you, Jesus. I I praise your name. You are mighty. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honour. You are worthy of all glory. In Jesus' name. Maybe if a keyboard player can come, I I want to just say, Christmas... We're going to have Christmas services. We're not going into the announcements, by the way. We're going to have Christmas services and somebody's going to get up here and we're going to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. And we sing joy to the world. The great Christmas message. It's not the Christmas message. It's the Christian message. Joy to the world. Shouts of joy and victory are in the tent of the righteous. This is the tent of the righteous. I believe there should be shouts of joy and shouts of victory. You know, somebody said to me one time, you know, oh, Jesus, he, he never shouted. He, you didn't see him jumping for joy and, and you didn't see that. Can I tell you, the people he touched did. Um, that, that Peter just walked, get beautiful. He touched somebody, got him healed. What does the Bible say? He's walking, leaping, praising God. He didn't walk, then leap, then praise. It was one combined motion. I don't even know what that might have looked like, but I know it looked like praise. I know it looked like thanksgiving. And I'm not trying to get our church to manufacture something. I'm just saying, we, let's not lose the shout of victory in this church because we're not defeated. This is not a house of defeat. You are not a defeated people. We are victorious by the power of God. We're going to pray. Anyway, let's, let's stand. It's what we're going to do. We're going to do two things. We're going to pray for needs in here. There's people that have sickness, calamity, problem. Things are dealing with sickness. Lack. Poverty. We serve a God who's called El Shaddai. The God who is more than enough. We serve a God who is called Jehovah Jireh. The one who provides. And today we're It's called God our healer. There's not one time in Scripture, Lee, where Jesus sent someone back and said, no, I'm going to keep you sick because it's going to glorify my name. Never once. Sick came to me, healed all their diseases. You know, in this room, if I went around the room, what's your biggest need? You've all got one. Maybe you've got a mother-in-law that you just struggle with. Maybe it's just me. What? That was my mother-in-law. She gave her a kiss and she... She's okay. She's good. She's great. Love her. We're very close. We've become very close. But you might be here. I'm getting dirty looks from my wife. It's like, I don't know. 
Now I'm in trouble with Donna. Maybe you're having marital problems here. I don't know. I don't know what you're facing. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. Pusidulous here. How are you? Welcome back. I didn't preach this today to 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 try and hype up a church. I, I feel like I want to give you a basis for what we do. A few, a few, maybe a year ago, I preached on why do we lift our hands? Because sometimes we just lift our hands. We lift our hands because trains our hands for war, our fingers for battle. When we lift our hands, spiritual things happen. God does it. It's not just surrender. It's also moving and shifting stuff in the heavenlies. Today, we're going we're gonna to praise God. I'm going to ask you to do something. And you do it however you want to do it. I encourage you to be fervent. But I don't want you to feel on the spot. Maybe you're shy or whatever. So I don't want to get you to do anything you don't want to do. But when I pray, we're going to pray and we're going to pray according to the Word of God for things. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if you want to, raise your hands to God in just a minute. Or if you don't want to, that's fine. But what I want you to do is agree in prayer. If I pray something that you're believing God for or, or you know someone that's believing God, amen that. Go, yes, God, I agree. Yes, Lord, amen. Let's believe God. Then at the end of the prayer, what we're going to do is we're just going to give the Lord, and we do it all the time, and we're going to give God a shout of praise. And again, I don't want it to be intense and weird, but it's like, hey! Because that would be frightening. But at the same time, I want us to lift our voice in praise. The Bible tells us all through the Psalms, shout joyfully to God. Lift up His name. Magnify His name with singing. And, and then we're going to, and then after that, we will sing that I ran out of the grave. How about we just do that? Just have church for like five minutes. Get, get your right leg on. Some of you need to take your jackets off and give it a go. Do some pre-praise stretches. I'm ready to go. And we're going to praise God for just a little minute. But I want to pray. And, and I don't want to get lost in what we're doing. I, I want to touch heaven for, for just a minute. But why don't we take a minute and let's lift our hands to God. Let His presence come. Oh God, we praise your name. You might have you might have had a bad word spoken over your health just in recent times. Let, let, let's speak the word of God into that situation. Oh God, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. King of kings, Lord of Lords. Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we believe in you, there's nothing impossible. Lord God, Your Word says that You are the God that heals our diseases. God, Lord, You are a God that says You became poor so we could be be rich. God, You said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Lord God, You said You'd supply our needs. And, And Father, in the Name of Jesus, I don't know what people are facing, but what we do know is You are a God who's able and You're a God who's willing. And Lord God, I ask You right now in Jesus' Name, according to the Word of God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Father, that You would come and You would bless Your people. Lord, meet needs, we pray. Answer prayer, we pray. Lord, make people whole in the Name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that You would make the impossible possible. Lord God, I pray You would confound our medical practitioners. God, You would amaze family members. Lord, miracles would happen. Let the lost be found. God, let the found be blessed in Jesus' Name. And we declare it in Jesus' Name. And the church said together, Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.